Why do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the fight game with Demond Cotton. I am your host, Demond Cotton. And man, we got a jam-packed show for you today. Well, I got to give you a recap of UFC 277. UFC Vegas 59 is coming up this Saturday. But boy, oh boy, I got to jump right out of the gate and preview Summer and re- give you a recap of SummerSlam because WWE Triple H has got his he's got his hand on the pencil. Vince McMahon is out of there, and H, the game, is running the show. And jumping right out of the bat off the gate. I'm going to introduce my guest, Harry Ruiz, who is an AEW convert, who I'm going to try to get back onto the WWE side, the WWE bandwagon, just by giving Harry my recap of SummerSlam and see if you're feeling it or not. Harry, how do you feel about that? Doing great, Damon. And I'll be honest, now that Vince is out, who I'll say this. We owe a lot to him for what the business ended up becoming, and we saw a lot of great stuff happening. But over the last three years, he completely lost me. And I haven't watched a single minute of WWE TV since they debuted on Fox with the Brock Lesnar defeating uh, Kofi Kingston in 10 seconds and then Cain Velasquez coming out. I'm like, all right, they're just interested in the casuals they don't care about their diehards so i stopped watching them started watching AEW. so let's see what you got man i've heard great things about the new wwe with triple h in the in the writing room that's so funny to me that you've basically just been out ever since the change to fox on smackdown where kofi kingston basically gets annihilated in 20 seconds you were like they lost me yeah, dude, I love Kofi Mania. <laughs> I love Kofi <laughs> Kingston. And, dude, at least give him some respect and let him have a couple of minutes in the ring against Brock Lesnar. And, no, it was the same old thing where Brock comes in, he kills whoever's in there, and he keeps going. And it's like in the past, who was the only one that gave, gave him a competitive match? Goldberg? Like, they went five, six minutes, and that was competitive? And then after that, it's just like annihilating everybody. I'm like, come on, give the guys that are there kicking butt every week a chance well now you're going to get what you asked for because yes hunter hearst helmsley is now in control i mean just you would you're a little shaky because like you said vince he's been a staple he he's made wrestling what it is today and we all got to pay homage to vince mcmahon but doing the right thing stepping down because hey man those allegations were pretty serious so SummerSlam, triple h's first pay-per-view event nashville tennessee he put on a banger and we're just going to go we're just going to run down the card match by match. We start off Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Championship match, and they put on another great match. Not as good as their match at WrestleMania. People like to say, hey, WWE, they don't tell long-term stories. This starts from SummerSlam last year in Vegas. The man, Becky Lynch, she comes out, returns from maternity leave, hits Bianca with the man slam, a one, two, three. A shock to everybody. And people are like, how can you do that to Bianca? How can you do that to Bianca? And WWE has lost faith with people to just let it play out. We'll see what happens. Is WWE going to do right by Bianca? And they give you a year-long story. Bianca retains the championship at WrestleMania. And now they have another rematch at SummerSlam in Nashville 
where, I mean, that Spanish fly off of the middle rope into the KOD from Bianca, really one of the most athletic women's wrestlers of all time. So Bianca won the title at Mania, right? She wins it at Mania, wins the okay, title perfect. back. There oh, you man, go. you are a lapse, man. I got to give yeah. you the entire back. So, yes, so SummerSlam last year at Allegiant Stadium. She lost it. I remember hearing about that like Becky in comes 30 in, seconds, yeah, right? Squash match. Squash match, you can get it all. Oh, the surprise. She didn't know who her opponent was going to be. Was completely taken off guard. The entire build of, hey, trying to get this title back, chasing Becky Lynch, who is now heel, and getting her match at WrestleMania, overcoming the odds, winning her title back. Now Becky gets her rematch at SummerSlam. And she beats Becky, no heel tactics, after the match, a nice, solid handshake, signifying maybe a face turn for Becky Lynch. And I'm pretty sure fans are still cheering Becky because it's the man. It's Becky Lynch. It's one of the most popular wrestlers in the industry, not just WWE. So if fans are cheering her, why have her as a heel? Turn her baby. Take her back. And Triple H, he got booking immediately. They shake hands. The music hit. Who comes back from an injury layoff? Bailey. So Bailey comes back. But wait, there's more. Dakota Kai comes back. She was recently fired. You know, WWE, it's always, hey, whatever they say, budget cuts when they release their wave of wrestlers every year. This past year, Dakota Kai was a part of one of those just budget cut releases. But Triple H is like, hey, I got to look out for my NXT people. Brings back Dakota Kai. There have been rumors and reports out there that Io Shirai, she's going to be gone with WWE after her running NXT. You haven't seen her in a while. Guess what? Her music hits too. She comes back, relabeled Io Sky, but now you've got a heel faction that's standing toe-to-toe in the middle of the ring at SummerSlam with Becky. I mean, excuse, yes, with Becky and Bianca. You've got Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Does that interest you at all? Are you buying it, Harry Ruiz? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I used to love NXT until Hunter left. It was the the one show that I would be like, all right, let me check highlights on social media. Or I heard this match was a banger. Let's go. NXT takeovers. They were must-watch TV. And the best part was the story. Why were they must-watch TV? Because the storytelling was good in a one-hour TV show that they used to have weekly. And I think they still have weekly, right? Yes, they do. Uh, So NXT, the problem was once the talent got called up to the main roster, it went to crap because Vince McMahon would fall out of love with them. He didn't understand their characters. He tried to repackage them. And it's like the thing that made it interesting for the fans didn't make it interesting anymore. So the good thing is that Hunter, that was his baby, NXT. So now that he has the book in the main show... Now people are going to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe those NXT cats, they'll be able to do their thing in the main roster and be become superstars and don't depend on the Brock Lesnar's of the world and on the... Which Paul is the one in, in WWE? Oh, we're going to get to that next because the next match on the card was The Miz versus Logan Paul. It's called a good segue. Yes. <laughs> because, come on, Harry, Logan Paul delivered The Miz, accompanied to the ring by his beautiful wife, Maurice. And his new sidekick, Champa. I mean, that's like his attack dog now. Great and, interview, by the way, that you had with Miss and Maurice. Yes, man, Miss and Miss is friend of the show, actually. Miss and Maurice, like, thank you for bringing that up. So, I mean, the Miz, the Miz can make a broom look good. I, maybe I, me and you, could have a match with with the Miz, and he'd make us look good. Maybe because, you, not me. But. <laughs> he's a heat magnet because fans, Logan Paul, he's a bit of a tool. Fans want to boo this guy. He's a bull bull person when him and the Miz had the tag match at WrestleMania he comes out with on his neck 
as a necklace the most expensive Pokemon card ever bought in the world. However many millions of dollars he purchased this Pokemon card for. That's already signifying. When you come out with that, what's special about your gear? I've got the most expensive Pokemon card ever bought around my neck. Yeah, bro, you're a heel. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just it all. But they took an interesting turn. The Miz turns on him after the WrestleMania match, setting up a feud now that would put Logan Paul as a babyface. In the go-home show on Raw, they start to show with the brawl between the two of them and it was real weird for WWE. This is some of the Triple H new booking. The show starts in the brawl. Like, it's just that. So, commentary is telling it to us as if, hey, guys, we like, oh, they, these guys couldn't even wait for the start of the show. They're going at it now. And we're jumping into it live. A little weird. But Logan Paul tries to cut a promo, and he's just not that much of a convincing babyface. But you could tell the moveset that he has. This guy hit the Miz with a frog splash from the top rope to the announcer's table, hitting a moonsault outside of the ring, a standing moonsault inside the ring. He's got the baby face off, and so once that was established, like, hey, this guy can go, then he starts getting those cheers from the WWE Universe, those WWE fans. It's That's the baby face part of him. But everything outside, before the bell rings, the crowd wants to boo this guy. But once the bell does ring, hey, this guy can go, and he's a baby face inside the ring. So are you buying it? And look, you got to respect guys like that, that actually put in the work, that want to be good, not just that they go in there and go for the paycheck and just get paid and leave and do their own thing. I heard Bad Bunny was good when he was at WrestleMania. I don't know if it was last year or the year before that, but you respect those kind of guys. Now the thing is, how much of the spotlight do you give them to sacrifice that time to your other talent that are actually there day in, day out, on the house shows, on the road, and busting their butt off every week. But I'll, I'll say this. I respect those kind of guys that actually go in there and put in the work and are good. And I'll give you this as well. This was the pop for me for this match. Champa's out there. He gets tossed from ringside. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. He pulls out a chair and he just sits down, arguing with the ref. He's not leaving the Miz's side. You hear AJ Styles' music, and you're thinking, this is going to be the bait. I wanted that to be the tag team match. AJ Styles, Logan Paul, The Miz, and Champa. AJ Styles, he's look Champa's looking around, he's looking around, he's looking around. AJ Styles hits him with a, f with a phenomenal form from, like, across the barricade. He comes from wow. the crowd. And that's the part for me where I was like, they've got me. They've got me. You can get AJ Styles. He's got my vote of approval right there. You're going to pair him. I don't care if it was heel or babyface because AJ Styles is money either way. But that was the part for me. Logan Paul, you won me over. Oh, and Ciampa's money as well. Anybody that watched NXT during the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa feud, you know that he can go and he can be very interesting. I got, I remember, I get chills just remembering that time it was Ciampa against Gargano, I want to say in Brooklyn in TakeOver with Gargano going in in a huge hero's welcome and then you got Ciampa going out with no music oh but getting booed God. like crazy. I'm like, that's the genius of Triple H letting the talent do their thing because I think that was a Ciampa idea. So it's like, let the talent have their input and don't depend on writers and this thing right there with champa i got a feeling that was a, a pitch that they had between everybody and be like hey you know what it'd be cool if it's like he gets ejected he just sits there and then you got aj styles coming out of the crowd with the phenomenal phenomenal forearm i'm like that would be something that hit so another check mark you're you're piquing my interest Amon. all right so the next match on the card and it's going to have a tie into the last one just a little bit Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship match. Not much to go there because Theory does have the money in the bank briefcase, so he really doesn't need the U.S. title back. Bobby Lashley 
puts him in the hurt in the hurt lock. You know, wins pretty decisively. Are you buying it? Would you be interested in this? I can't really sell you on too much because there wasn't too much to happen. The almighty Bobby Lashley, he's a babyface now, and he beats up Austin Theory pretty easily. Look, all I've heard is that Austin Theory was the handpicked guy by Vince and that people don't like him and that he doesn't get a lot of interest. And people just say, it's like, of course he's there because Vince picked him. And I think the I don't know if Triple H has the same interest in the guy so it might be just him losing the money in the bank one of these days and then he just goes into obscurity it's funny you say that it. because um roman reigns him and austin theory had a face had a face off on the go home monday night raw and roman reigns says to him in the ring your daddy isn't here anymore oh and it was just it, it got that ooh reaction from it was in madison square garden got that ooh reaction from the crowd of your daddy's not here anymore but i'm going to pique your interest even more Bobby Lashley wins. He retains his U.S. his United States Championship. Monday Night Raw. There are a couple of matches to determine who's going to be the number one contender. Two triple threat matches. The winner of the triple threats face each other in a singles match. AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa for the number one contenders match for Bobby Lashley's United States Championship. Ciampa wins the match. Wow. Next week on Raw, Bobby Lashley champa does that interest you Absolutely. are you buying it now and you know what you telling me this now i just know johnny gargano is going back if he says that's how they're booking tomaso champa i want to go back there because this is going to be fun this is going to be good you got me hooked right there i mean I don't want to disrespect Bobby Lashley. I'm not completely interested in him. The last thing I remember about him was him and his sisters in the ring and the the oh, guys in the costumes. Terrible. And I'm like, okay, that was bad. I'm like, what the heck is this? So, but Champa versus ba Lashley, I'm hooked. Dude, oh, now you're man. gonna make me spend three hours of my day watching Raw on Mondays and two hours on SmackDown. Come on, dude. All right, so we get to the mid. We're at the middle of the card now. The Mysterios. Ray and Dominic versus the Judgment Day, which is a team of Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And I'll be honest about that. I am getting a little tired of the Mysterios. I want Dominic, maybe Finn Balor and Damian Priest. They say, hey, man, aren't you tired of being with your pops? Aren't you tired of being in his shadow? How about you come to death row? I just want something because the father-son tandem is getting a little stale for me. The Mysterios, they do win this match by pinfall, but it's just enough. I'm tired of it. Edge makes his return because the Judgment Day was made up of him, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. But then, yeah, they kick Edge out of the group. Hey, Finn, Finn's part of us now. Edge, you're, you're, you're old news. Hot garbage. So Edge makes his triumphant return at SummerSlam, and that's cool, but I, hey, man, I'm going to ask, are you buying it or not? But even me, I'm eh, on it. Look, I love Finn Balor. I love Punishment Martinez. What's his new name? Damien Priest. Damien Priest. I love Rio Ripley. I love Ray, love Ray Ray. I don't know much about Dominic because I haven't watched him. And all I've heard is that the only reason why he's there is because it was, okay, we'll sign you guys as a package deal. Ray, stay with WWE. Don't go to AEW. And we'll bring in your son on board. I've heard good things about him, but I have never seen him wrestle. But to be honest, I, that doesn't interest me at all. Despite liking all the pieces in the equation, I'm like... Father-son duo going against the heel faction, and they've wrestled how many times already? And how many times have they interacted? And it's uh, like, yeah, just get gets stale. So that's the thing. And I hope that's what changes with WWE, because I've heard that they repeat matchups like crazy every single week. And 
that wouldn't interest me at all. So this is one of the few things that I'm like, even though I love the guys in the in the match and the lady, uh, I'll I'll skip that one. Yeah, Dominic could use a little time in NXT. Just a couple months in NXT wouldn't hurt him. Next match on the card, Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. Some more long-term booking. These guys were roommates in training camp for the Indianapolis Colts like back in 09. Well, so, WWE didn't book that, though. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge coincidence. Long-term booking. Pat McAfee definitely goes over here. He had a couple of scary moments where, you know, WrestleMania, he was good. NXT against Adam Cole was spectacular. His first match out of the gate. But out of his WWE matches, this had this was the worst performance because there were just some of those slips that happens when you're not a full-time wrestler he goes to do a swanton outside of the ring onto corbin and he slips a little bit he does the the flailing of whoa 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 catches his balance kudos to him but you know just that you can tell that he's not a pro where he's you know failing his arms in the air just trying to catch his balance and also he does the super athletic i'm gonna jump i'm gonna run and jump the sheldon benjamin onto the top rope into the superplex wow very athletic of course when you can pull it off this match against corbin wasn't as graceful slips a little bit they recover and they get it going so it just wasn't one of pat mcafee's best performances so i'll give him like a two and a half out of three but i gotta ask you harry are you buying it happy pat, corbin pat mcafee look whatever wherever baron, uh, baron corbin is involved i'd be i'm gonna be like no i'll skip but pat mcafee is must watch tv must listen radio must stream on wherever you catch your content so and plus something i've heard is that his promos are amazing that he's great on the stick that he has made commentary on smackdown finally listenable again that he has heck for him to make michael cole entertaining that's how damn good <laughs> patrick patrick uh pat mcafee is so i'll give this one a pass just because of McAfee. Oh, Corbin, man. But Corbin, uh, if he wrestles anybody else, I'd fast forward through it. All right. So next on the card, we had the Usos versus the Streets Profits for the United Tag Team Championships. The Usos, they have the Raw and Tag Tag SmackDown Tag Team Championship belts here. And they their run their reign hasn't been as long as Roman Reigns, but they've had these championships for at least a year now because hey, they're part of the bloodline. They're with their cousin, the tribal chief, and they're just not losing either. And I'll give you a little wrinkle for this match as well. Nashville, Tennessee. Need a celebrity for some reason, right? Jeff Jarrett, special guest referee. Come on, man. Jeff Jarrett, double J. <laughs> special Why? guest referee. Why? No idea. Didn't even, get, didn't even get involved with the finish. Didn't and, didn't do anything heelish or anything. And didn't. dude, the Usos are one of the best tag teams in the last decade. The Street Profits. I watched them wrestle at the Orleans in NXT like four years ago or three years ago, and I loved them. They had the cup. I bought the damn cup. And I lost it the same night. But uh, <laughs> it, it was like, hey, I like that gimmick. And they were in the ring. I was like, damn, they're damn good. And I've heard their run in the main roster has been great. You have those two in there? I'm in. Why the heck add Jeff, Jeff Jarrett? It's not like, oh, Jeff Jarrett's in the building. We're going to sell more tickets. Dude, now hopefully that's the last time we see <laughs> Jeff Jarrett on TV. And then I watched Ric Flair's last match, and I hope it was the last time we watched Ric Flair as well. But I've heard things that there might be a little tour coming up, but I hope it's not That real. was Ric Flair's last match in Nashville. Exactly. Now you can see Ric Flair's last match. In Florida. <laughs> and Dude, you can exactly. see it in L.A. <laughs> New York is what I'm hearing as well. And I'm like, please don't do it. Please don't. I mean, I was 
I'm, I know I'm switching topics. No, but that's I was, cool. Let's talk about Ric Flair's last match a little bit. I was afraid of it, dude. Like, by the end, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, they were going to put the brass rings on him, and he was going to knock out Jared, put him in the figure four. Andrade was trying to get the brass rings on him, and he couldn't even... Rick couldn't put him on his hand. He was, like, bleeding so much, and he was out of it. And then he puts him on the weakest-looking figure four leg lock. He drops down, and the referee counts Jared a, a three count. I'm like, dude, Ric Flair's shoulders were down, too. But it's Ric Flair's ass match, so they went to, hey, there he is. I was like, no, I'm... I'm scared for Rick. I hope he doesn't do any more of these. Yeah, he's 73 years old with a pacemaker. I mean, fake the heart attack in the match. I mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, yep. That's... You can tell it was it's overly drawn, and you knew that he's was. You know, you can tell that it's part of the story. It's part of the match. But come on, Rick. You can't scare us like that. Yeah, no. Well, for a moment, I was like, wait, snap. Is that real? I was like, okay. <laughs> Fortunately, no. Dirtiest player in the game. Blah, 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 blah. But then I was like... He his walk to the ring looked weak. He didn't look great. He didn't take his shirt off. I don't know why. Come and, on, man. He's self conscious a little bit. Come on. He's got I an know, old man body. He's seventy three like, years old, Harry. I know, but I've heard that his videos on Ric Flair's lastmatch.com look great when he was training and then he might have been hurt, but he went through with the match because they had sold some tickets. And I'm like, I just hope Ric Flair is able to live his life. But you know what? Maybe that's the kind of guy he is. That he wants to finish his life inside the ring. And I don't want it to happen. But there are guys that say that with boxing, with wrestling, with other sports, that they're like, you know what? I'll be happy if it ends for me this way. I hope not. Rick, we love you too much. Don't do it. <laughs> so Harry's not buying I, Jeff Jarrett or Rick Flair. No. All no, right. <laughs> no more Jarrett. No more Flair. Yes, Usos. Yes, Street Profits. All right. The next match on the card, the SmackDowns. Women's title match, Liv Morgan, one of your favorites, versus Ronda Rousey. She won the title from Ronda. You know, at the previous pay-per-view at Money in the Bank, she won and cashed in on that night at Money in the Bank. Liv Morgan, SmackDown Women's Championship. She She's finally got it. The fan, She's a fan favorite. She finally gets the big one. Wait, who won? There you go. Hold on here. Because I, I'm like, wait, so you understand why Liv won the title? Because you had the money in the bank briefcase. I'm pretty sure that uh, Ronda was all beat up, so they came in, whatever, whatever. But now I'm like, what happened? I'm, I'm intrigued. What happened in this match? You get, you get a falsy of a finish where Liv mm. is tapping, but also pins Ronda at the same time due to, to the submission. Ronda's shoulders are on the mat, but Liv is tapping out. So you get the ref doesn't see doesn't see Liv tapping or doesn't hear it. And counts to three for Ronda sets up Ronda because this is babyface versus babyface. Now you get an enraged Ronda Rousey attacks the referee after the match, setting up a heel turn, and Liv gets to keep her SmackDown women's title. But now we have the story of angry ronda rousey which i don't really see how much her character is going to change i think she sh always should have been a heel just because she doesn't have that much personality but harry are you buying it Liv morgan ronda rousey ronda being so angry about losing this matchup once again she's owing two against Liv morgan you buying it the thing with this is ronda's a, a certified badass you've seen her in the octagon tapping out some of the best mma fighters in the world in seconds and now we're supposed to believe Liv morgan can go against Ronda Rousey, that makes it tough for me. But at least I, the one thing I can get from you this telling this to me is well, Ronda heel turn might be around the corner. 
And Ronda as a heel is smart because you've seen her on social media bashing wrestling fans and talking crap to the people that are passionate about it. Go with it. If she doesn't like them, make her talk bad things about them, talk bad things about Liv Morgan. It's her natural self, and that's what usually works in wrestling when you're yourself turned up to the 10th volume. So I would say... Go with it and just turn Ronda heel. The thing is, eventually you're going to have to beat Liv because that's the believable thing. And you're not going to have Liv Morgan as a babyface having a group try to beat up Ronda like three on one. So eventually Ronda has to get her win back. All right. So then we're going to move to the main event. And if you are not buying this main event, Harry, I don't know what's wrong with you. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, last man standing match. This is supposed to be the last time we see these guys face off. I think this was match number seven for these guys because, hey, man, these guys have been going at it since, what was that, WrestleMania? I can't remember which WrestleMania it was. But these guys have been going at it for years now. Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, has been holding on to this title for over 600 days, I believe. And then he comes out to the ring. Okay, standard, his usual 20-minute entrance of him just standing and walking down the ramp. But Brock Lesnar takes it up a notch. Nissan Stadium, Nashville, Tennessee, comes out to the ring, driving the tractor. <laughs> Cowboy Brock is in full swing, his best babyface run in the WWE ever. He's been on and off again, a part of WWE, for 20 years now. And this is the best he's ever looked as a babyface. He comes out. Driving a tractor, one of the best unplanned moments in WWE history. He's on top of the tractor, standing the top of it, and he does his own introduction. I'm a big country boy, Brock <laughs> Lesnar, voice cracking as always, kidding. <laughs> he throws, he tosses the microphone at Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns catches the microphone smoothly in hand and winks at Brock Lesnar. Now, that's one of those things you can't plan it. But, man, that's the chemistry that these two guys have. And that just, like, off that alone, you see that video, and you just see that as the match is about to start, and you're like, these guys are about to put on a banger. And they do. I mean, a last-man-standing match, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. These guys, they're two big hosses. They're going at it. You mentioned before, Brock's matches usually doesn't last that long. Yes, the Usos are going to get involved. Yes, Austin Theory is going to come out and do his. He tries to cash in, but Brock Lesnar hits him with an F5 before he could even reach the referee. Boom, he's out of the equation. Even Paul Heyman, the advocate, takes an F5 from Brock wow. Lesnar. Every, Paul Heyman, when's the last time he's taking a bump? You know, I mean, everybody's getting F5s from Brock Lesnar, and he takes out the Usos as well. But just when you think, hey, they can't do anything else, this is a pretty good match. You know, last standing match, these two guys are going hard. Brock Lesnar takes the tractor, lifts up the ring, Harry. You've never seen that before. When it comes to, hey, do something that we've never seen before, I've never seen a tractor used to lift up the ring. Roman Reigns goes tumbling out of the ring. And the ring is basically not usable for the rest of the match because it's sitting at a weird angle. I saw that video on Twitter. Yes, so so you saw it. Yeah. I mean, come on, Harry. But Roman Reigns, they they stack him and the Usos. They stack Brock underneath like debris in the announcer's table. Brock Lesnar can't get up. Michael Cole even has a good lineup. For the love of God, just count faster because these two guys are going to kill each other. Harry, the main event, the undisputed Universal Championship, are you buying it? So the thing is, you said it, seventh time that they've faced each other. I'm like, come on, man. 
You got to switch it up. And also, my issue is, for more than half of the time that I haven't watched WWE, I know that Roman Reigns has been the champion. What has happened with the guys that he has beat? Has he made them better? Has he elevated them in the card? And all I've heard is uh, some of those guys have even gotten released. That they're not no longer with the company or they're in the bottom of the card. That they haven't grown. So they're building up one guy and one guy only in WWE, which is Roman Reigns. It's like you got to share the spotlight. You got to do better things. And sometimes a 600-day reign could work when you go back to the Bruno San Martino era. But when was the last time somebody had the title that long? It becomes a little bit stale. And Roman Reigns, I don't know if it would intrigue me to keep watching him. I've heard that his promos have gotten better now that he's a heel, that they finally, after so many years, turned him heel after all the fans were asking for it. And what's next with Brock Lesnar? I mean, is it going to be Brock against Roman for the eighth time, ninth time, tenth time? What are you going to do with him when he's finally entertaining when fans are loving him, when fans are having a good time watching him wrestle and he's coming out with all this, these things. And it's the last man standing match, so it's a no DQ match. Who's going to win? The one guy who's a certified UFC heavyweight champion, a former, or the guy that's the champion and has a tag team with him and has the, his advocate and has uh, the money in the bank guy coming in. Of course it's going to be the guy that has all the extras next to him. So... This will be the one that might be controversial. I'll say not interested in the future of it. Okay. But I'm interested in all the hooplas and all everything and that you just mentioned. That sounds like a fun match. Harry, I'm going to I'm going to change your mind right now because people are talking WrestleMania, LA, get his cousin, The Rock. Because but if The Rock comes, he's got to beat The Rock as well because The Rock isn't going to hold the WWE title. You know, he's going to he's only going to be coming in maybe off and on again to build up the match for WrestleMania in LA. So I don't want to see The Rock. No, get The Rock out of here. Royal Rumble, number 30. I want the music to hit Adrenaline in My Soul. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes takes the title, the Undisputed Universal. Give Cody Rhodes that opportunity at WrestleMania to main event and hold both titles, doing it for his dad, ending WrestleMania triumphantly. How does that build sound to you? If that doesn't get you in, I don't know what will. That sounds good because it would be the American nightmare that was born while he was in the independence, while he was in Ring of Honor, while he was in New Japan, that grew even more in AEW, that was killing it on the mic, that did a great job, and that fortunately, his agent and himself were able to put in the contract, hey, I want my music, I want Down Straight on, the, on, the, on my tune, and I want to be able to come out as the American Nightmare. I was like, hey, you see this tattoo? You can't hide it, so you might as well <laughs> use it, and let me be myself in the ring. So if it's that Cody Rhodes, 100% in. And I hope they do let him win the ten the championship and the title. But the same thing, Mania, what's that, January? It's August. So you got August, September, October, November, December. You got five months till you got to have that happen. So from here until then, what's going to happen with the championships? Uh, you know, the Tribal Chief just keeps being the Tribal Chief. I mean, hey, they don't pay me the big bucks to think about this. But I, I gave you a little fantasy book. And, Harry, I know you got to run. Thanks for joining me, man. And are you going to watch Raw, maybe even go back and look at SummerSlam? Can I get you to watch any WWE programming after this segment here? Maybe some SmackDown Live. Raw, it's three hours, dude. I'm like, come on. 
you got to switch it up. And then, fortunately, football is right, right around the corner. So I'm not going to stop watching <laughs> Monday Night Football to watch Raw. SmackDown, maybe a little bit before I watch Rampage. But for now, I'm still an AEW mark. And I'm going to keep on watching AEW no matter what. But now you piqued my interest. And I'm like, you know what? With the combination of Triple H with the book and Damon Cotton on the mic, I might be able to watch them. Well, I'll take that as a win for me. Thank you so much, Harry. Of course. Thank you, Damon. All right, and we'll be right back on the fight game. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a look back at UFC 277 and a preview of UFC Vegas 59. This is the fight game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to the fight game. All right, and we are back here on the fight game on 1230 The Game, and it is time for everybody's favorite segment, Sweeping the Nation, A Few Good Minutes with Jared. Excuse me. I need a moment of silence so I can get into a meditative state where I block out any and all irritating white noise. I call it my happy place. Un momento! Un momento! Oh, do you want better? Wait a minute. I see what's going on here. Oh, do you want better? Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A few minutes later. All right, Jared, got some new imaging there. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's really good. I really like it. I feel special. Yeah, man, I mean, the segment, it's taken off. I mean, <laughs> you deserve your own imaging for a few good minutes with Jared. I had to give you your proper respect. I mean, come on, it's a few good minutes with Jared. I mean, let's not go overboard, but I do appreciate it, and I love, I think, I, you did a, you did an excellent excellent job on the imaging i couldn't be i couldn't be more honored so um what i was thinking about today is and i wanted to ask you this and i what is the silliest or i guess stupidest way you've ever injured yourself because you've met my dog wilson <laughs> uh he's not what i would call leash trained so he basically like you you have to hold, you hold the leash and he is constantly choking himself out because he's pulling so hard on the like on the leash and I'm pretty sure he screwed up my rotator cuff on my right side. I'm pretty sure he likes he went from pulling it as hard as he could stopping and then going again and it felt like he gave me arm whiplash. So I mean maybe I'm just getting really old. But what is the dumbest way you've ever, like, oh, well, that's permanent damage. Well, while I filibuster, tell everybody how big and what type of dog Wilson is, because he is a pretty big dog. He, he is a 140-pound Weimariner, and he is, yeah, he, he is large for a Weimariner. Like, he is big for that breed of dog. And I'm not going to call him, he's very... I, I, he's loyal. He's just not very bright. All right, I found my answer. Because I was thinking I'm, I'm constantly hitting my elbow, stubbing my toe. But that happens to everybody. That's not a real injury. A few years back when I was a manager at a sporting goods store, shout out to Big Five, I sprained my elbow taking out the trash. <laughs> 
Yes, I, yes, you're laughing. Yes, a legitimate sprain. I was in a sling for about two weeks. So I go out. Um, you know, it's you know, it's the big dumpster in the back. You know, the one of those type of dumpsters, and it's a little windy outside. So I have to use a little bit more force to push up like the, uh, the lid. Yeah, to push up the lid because oh. it's giving me a little resistance. You know, just push it up and throw in the bag. So I push it up, and my there is nothing but pain in my elbow. I mean, oh, my God, what just happened? Throw away the trash, and I'm like, yeah, guys, like my elbow's like, I, no joke. Like laughing, and of course, your reaction, that's what my coworkers did on the inside. You know, what do you mean you hurt your <laughs> yeah. elbow? So I, you hurt your elbow taking out the trash? Yes, I hurt my elbow taking out the trash. I, you know what? I've got pictures of myself in the sling. So I, I go to the doctor and I say, like, hey, you know, doc, like, you know, I hurt my elbow. It's still like it's still hurting. There was at one point. Now all the memories are coming back. I was in the McDonald's drive through and I'm reaching for my order. You know, the drive through, you're on yeah. the driver's side. So I reach out with my left hand and I pull it back like, ah, ah, ah. And then I just reach out for my right and I take my meal. Because that's how much pain my elbow was in. So I go to the doctor and it's like, yeah, you got a sprained elbow. You know, basically we'll give you like the little sling, you know, but just like try to stay off of it. You know, no physical activity for a couple of weeks. So that meant I couldn't go to the gym, couldn't do any like work, you know, like you got to do carry outs at work. You know, somebody gets a, a punching bag or something, you got to take it out to the car. Couldn't do any of that type of type of work because I sprained my elbow taking out the trash. Bad. <laughs> So uh, this is this is just a random because you brought up the drive-through. I literally, because of like how weirdly lanky I am, I literally can't get my arm all the way. Like I can't full. I hit the I hit the door. I hit the door when I'm trying to like. So I have to like lean forward awkwardly to uh, like get the food from the drive-through because of how oddly proportioned I am. I have I, I've never met anyone else in my life that's just like. So how often when you are in a drive-thru do you slam your elbow against your own door? Oh, every time? Every time. Now I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, body proportion scale, we are two vastly different people. Yeah. With me being built like a uh, block and I, you being... Built like an orangutan. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You got anything else for a few good minutes? I know you've always got some some more that you don't get to unload. I mean, so do you have anything else? I mean, I'm all, I'm game. Well, what's funny is that actually we we have we have hit drive-throughs hard, but uh I was thinking about this the other day while I was on the phone with somebody. Is it a is it a weird pet peeve to have that like, "Hey, don't call me on the phone while you're going through a drive-through." Like they can hear us. They can hear both sides of our conversation. Like, "Don't call me on your hands-free device." In a drive-through, it's very like, I'm, <laughs> like I I can't speak freely when I'm like some you know somebody at Starbucks is like, the hell are they talking about? You know what? I've never thought about it. This is this is at the point where now I'm like, forget I asked because now <laughs> I'm thinking of like, no, I've never thought about this. I've never thought. Am I in a situation? I don't even remember a time where I'm on the phone. In the drive-thru, I'm sure it's happened, and you do like the quick like, "Hey, just one second, I'm 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 getting my food," but uh, no, it's not something that's ever. How many times are you getting calls where someone on the other end happens to be at the drive-thru? It's it's happening an alarming amount lately. Where, but it'd be one thing if they're like, "Hang on, I'm in a drive-thru." No, they'd want to continue conversing, 
and then suddenly halfway through just go, yeah, can I get a latte? And I'm just like, what? what is this? Yeah, and I'm going to need you to send over those files. Uh-huh. Excuse me? No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I don't know. Can you? Can you get a latte? What? What? Why Why are you asking me? And then, okay, would you like that? How? What size? And I'm like, uh, uh, okay, how long have you been at the win- or have you been at the speaker? Because I've said some things. Okay, so I've got to ask you this question now as we wrap this up because this has been riveting. <laughs> <laughs> um, are the calls that you're getting from other people in the drive-thru, is this, are these personal calls or work-related calls? Both. Oh, so, man. Like that's a, so I'll be like, I'll be talking to somebody about like, you know, some deeply personal stuff, and it's just suddenly like Tom from Starbucks is hearing my entire like family drama, or hear me like rip like one of my like be like, gosh darn mother bleeper won't uh, can't seem to show up on time like what something like. Dude, it's embarrassing. I don't want people to know that. I'm not going to lie to you. This seems like a very, very specific (laughs) thing that only happens to you. I can't even think of an example of something funny to say right now because just, no, man, I think that's just a you problem. (laughs) Well, thank you for letting me, thank you for letting me vent about it because it is, it's just like the last three weeks and you, like, I'm trying to tell you about like a family member who passed away, and suddenly I'm here and welcome to Dunkin' Donuts. Well, I don't know who in your life that's at the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts, but I want them to do better. You know, because like I said, highly specific. <laughs> I know that's exactly where that person was when you give us this story. All right, Jared, I know you got to get going. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. This has been fascinating. And when we come back, we're going to close out the show. With some UFC talk, trust me, don't go anywhere because we are still going to break down UFC 277 and give you a preview of UFC Fight Night Vegas 59. This is the Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to the Fight Game. And welcome back to the fight game as we wrap up another exciting edition of the show. And remember, you can always tweet at me at Demon underscore the boss at 1230 the game on Twitter if you want to get in contact with the show. Now, let's get into UFC 277. I mean, this was a card that ended up better than I expected. I will be honest. The main event, the two co-main events, you're going to expect, hey, two championship fights. They're going to be good fights. you got championship competitors there. I didn't know what to expect from the rest of the card. But just a few of the fights that I want to highlight as we take a look back at 277. Drew Dober. His knockout of Rafael Alves in the third round. A solid punch to the breadbasket. That was the knockout of the night for me. I'm telling you, man. When you can just hit someone with a deciding punch body shot like that to just make them go down make them question if they want to continue the fight that was spectacular to me you see it in the moment i thought maybe he hit him low like oh man maybe because he did he just fall like that yes he did that's how hard drew dober hit alves there in the third round and it was just one of those knockouts where it's like man but i do think that it had something to do with being a little bit more gassed in the tank than the overall power of the body shot but when you hit some when you hit someone in the perfect spot they are going to fall no matter what 
Another fight on this card that I want to take a look at as we move over to the main card. Sergey Pavlovich defeated Derek Lewis in a TKO in the first round. And I think this was a bad stoppage by the referee here. Derek Lewis, he's hanging on a little bit. You can see that he does go down. But I still think that he was he's still fighting back. He's still trying to recover. Derek Lewis pops right back up after the referee calls off the fight and he's like what's going on man i'm still in here i still have a chance here so i do think that that was a bit of an early stoppage but was sergey just the first round stoppage so we can only go by the few minutes that we saw was he handling Derek lewis pretty easily yes but in a heavyweight fight like this especially with Derek lewis who is known for his knockouts time and time again we've seen Derek lewis defy the odds and win with his crazy punching power you know just insane punching power from Derek lewis there so could he have turned it around? Could he have landed that one lucky shot and win this fight himself? Maybe. So it, is it a bad stoppage? Yes. But did the right guy win the fight, in my opinion? Yes, I do think Sergey. Either way, if the fight would, have, would not have been stopped there, he was still on his way to a victory there. Now the co-main event. Woohoo! Brandon Moreno defeats Kaikara France in the third round for a with another shot to the body. This time it was kicks. France goes down, you know, gets on top of him with some more punches, closes out the fight, and now he is the interim champion in the featherweight division. And after the fight, Brandon Moreno wins the match. Everyone celebrating. He's got that interim championship. Davison Figueredo comes into the ring. The reigning champ who's off with injury still the rightful champ. I really don't like interim titles that much in the UFC. I got to be honest. But these guys, this will be their fourth time around. And they show each other the respect. You know, hey, the guys there. Hey, Brandon Moreno, good shine of respect there. Hey, man, doesn't want to do any trash talking. He's got a daughter back at home. You know, and that's nice. But I do I do like, hey, man, when somebody's going to get into the cage after the fight, I kind of want a little heated exchange. I'm still waiting for the payoff of Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier. <laughs> and I know that that's never going to happen. But I want some pushing and shoving if someone's going to come into the cage. But that's just me. These two guys, this is going to be the fourth time they face off when this fight does indeed take place. And they are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I mean, both guys have a win and a draw in their first matchup. So this is going to be the fourth time that these guys fight. And Brandon Moreno is already saying that this is going to be the biggest fight in featherweight history when these guys finally go at it. So when Figueredo gets healthy, it's going to be a fight to see. Now, moving to the main event from 277, Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. And oh my God, did Amanda Nunez Put on a performance, wins her title back in the Bantamweight division, becomes the champ champ again as she is just on a different level. That is why she is one of the ghosts. It starts off how she comes out in a soft southpaw stance, switching up the stance a little bit, just hitting Pena time and time again, dropped her two times in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even a third with just this nice jab hook that she was throwing under that really had Pena caught off guard and then constantly going for the takedowns. But to Pena's credit, she's fighting for submissions from the bottom the entire fight. I mean, the entire fight, it goes five rounds. But the elbows that Nunez was able to rain down from the top position, no matter whether it was guard or side control, were just lethal. The cuts that she opened up on Pena, at one point, I thought maybe there was going to be a stoppage. 
not because her vision where the where the cuts were on the forehead weren't really dripping into her vision so much but just because these cuts were gnarly so credit to juliana pena for staying into fight but amanda nunez retaining regaining that bantamweight title was just an awe-inspiring performance and it's just one of those i said it before the fight in my preview leading up you gotta beat the goat twice because hey I'm not saying that everyone gets lucky. Juliana Pena obviously trained her ass off for that fight and won it fair and square. But when Nunez comes back, Nunez comes back, are you going to be able to defeat her? And we saw that Nunez came into this fight with a different mentality and she was really ready to go. And I mean, put on a dominant performance, clearing any doubts. But you got to get the rubber match. We got to see him go at it another time. But I don't know after this performance if Pena is going to be able to hold up with Amanda Nunez for a third time. Now I'm going to give you my picks for UFC Fight Night Vegas 59, and I'm just going to give you my three picks for this fight. If you want to try to win a little money, hey, I'm not saying take my advice, but these are the three fights that I'm keying in on, and I'm going to give you some winners too. The Ultimate Fighter Season 30 is wrapped up. You had Team Nunes versus Team Pena. And in the women's flyweight division, I'm going to be taking juliana miller as she is minus 125 versus brogan walker juliana she said earlier this week at the ufc media day you know team pena all day so i hope she'll be able to avenge her coach's loss at 277 but i'm going to take miller here at minus 125 now the next fight that i'm going to give you my pick for is zach Palga as he's taking on Muhammad Usman. Yes, Muhammad Usman is the brother of UFC welterweight champion Kamaru Usman. But Muhammad, he spoke to this at the UFC media day that, hey, man, he didn't get here just because of his brother. Of course, he's getting an opportunity. Yes, he would not be in the fight game if it was not for his brother, but he still wants people to know, hey man, you're not going to be talking about him if he loses this fight. You're not going to just going to say, hey, he's Usman's brother. So for people to continue to talk about him, I like how he put it, for people to continue to talk about him, he's going to, he's got to win because if he just keeps losing, all right, he's Usman's brother and nobody's talking about him because he didn't win the ultimate fighter. And if he just keeps losing, he's not going to be a name. So he's got to prove that he is worthy of being in the UFC and I do think he's plus 200 here and I like that I like those odds on him and I'm taking him over Pauga who's a former NFL player he's got the pedigree Colorado State shout out to the Mountain West but hey man I really do think that Usman's got something to prove here the brother of Kamaru Usman I'm going to take Usman here maybe just off name alone and now the main event that's the next fight that I want to key on here at UFC Fight Night Vegas 59 Jamal Hill versus Tiago Santos. And he also said something interesting in the lead up to this fight at UFC Media Day. He's like, hey, man, he, the question was posed. Hey, Tiago Santos, he's not the same Tiago Santos, you know, that fault John Jones. How are you going into this fight? And he's like, man, I don't give a blank. I don't care. I'm still going in there to knock him out. I, I don't care if it's the same guy who fought John Jones years ago. I'd beat him, too. And I love that confidence from him. And I love that. I love that from Jamal Hill. He is the favorite going into this fight. Minus 265. This is a top 10 fight in the UFC light heavyweight division. And I am excited to see it. I do think that this is going to end in a finish. And I'm taking Jamal Hill here on this one. And that's just going to about do it for us here on the fight game. Hey, once again, thanks to Harry Ruiz. Thanks to Jared Justice for a few good minutes with Jared. I mean, even got some new imaging today. That's exciting. Maybe Harry's going to continue to watch WWE. That's exciting. Hey, man. And if you want to take my picks for UFC Fight Night Vegas 59, maybe you can win a little money. Hey, maybe even put it on a parlay. I'm going with Miller 
Usman and Heal, and I'm putting it on a three-team parlay. But hey, a three-fight a three parlay. But don't listen to me. You know parlays are a bad idea. This has been the fight game with Damon Cotton on 12:30. The game. And like I said, if you want to get in contact with me on the show, if you want to tweet at me, maybe give me some opinions on what you thought of today's show. You can tweet at me at Demon underscore the boss at 12:30. The game. Remember, wherever you get your podcast out, if you're not listening live, like, download, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow the show, unfollow the show. I don't care. Just listen however you can. Remember, stay safe and protect yourself at all times, everybody.